Hi there, and welcome to the ATS Podcast with me, Will Brown, and John Soulsby, where we break down chunks of health and fitness information into bite-sized pieces, remove a bunch of the noise, and just leave what's relevant. Uh, today, episode 13, we have top three tips for new PTs, which I semi-alluded to at the end of the last episode, where I thought of a really good one, but then shut my mouth, because otherwise I'd have to think of another one for this episode. Uh, and our off-topic, which is up first, is... Is being a PT for you? Like, if you are considering it, if you are thinking about it, how do you know if it's for you? So, my top tip for that is to do what we did, but also not do what we did. Especially if you're think quite young and thinking about it, just give it a bash. Yeah, just fucking, like, I mean, literally fuck around and find out. Yeah, and the more you fuck around... The more, yeah, the more you find out. Um, that guy's chart is becoming super useful as of late. Yeah, or um, especially, say you're already thinking about it, you're, I'd say, especially nowadays with Instagram and everything else, there's probably a 80% chance you already go to the gym. I think that's probably fair. So, just like speak to some of the pts in the gym about the, what they actually get up to and see if that's something you'd be interested in doing i'm sure most of them unless you're a complete helmet like we experienced this week would not mind you shadowing them for a, a week like an afternoon just to see if you actually enjoy what they get up to um yeah yeah i would say I feel like you will kind of naturally find this out if you go to the gym, because I'm sure that if you go to the gym and like going to the gym, not just like you go to the gym like you eat, like you brush your teeth, you just kind of do it. If you enjoy going to the gym, at some point, one of your pals will be like, "Oh, like mate, like I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking to get back in a bit of shape and blah blah blah. Like, do you reckon you could help me out a bit? Like, maybe like can I come train with you and stuff like that? Or you may have training partners that." you just train with on the regularly but don't kind of coach those kinds of things are where you will kind of get your little first toe dip of experiencing of what it's like to work with people if you for example immediately run out of patience at your friend's ineptitude and inability to do absolutely anything the way that you're telling them to regardless of how you're explaining it because clearly it's going to be perfect the first time you say it uh <laughs> if that is frustrating maybe not pt is probably yeah. not for you because <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I joke that patience isn't a resource; it's just like a continuum. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you if you don't enjoy the process of helping people who are not as competent as you are and may pick things up a lot less quickly than you do, maybe reconsider. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably fair. Or as we kind of alluded to in the last one, like the reasons for why we like our PTs um, are probably fairly common across the board. Um, so if you're kind of, as you say, you're not up for or helping people isn't as much of a driver for you. It's maybe not the right industry, especially as it's quite a tough gig to make money in, like any money in. Yeah. So there's not a financial incentive, especially straight off the bat, 
Yeah, not at all. Like, the, the potential for you to make a comfortable living in there is completely there. Like, it's 100% there. But if you're, oh, like, completely. if you want to be, like, the next Gary V, don't get into PT. Like, that's not the job for you. Yeah. Just stick to um, stick to fucking car boot sales. And also, like, with the way the PT industry works, is you traditionally get jagged at the first, at the start by pure gyms, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, like the oh, what is it called? Neo neo villainy is the yeah, is the term is the is the term for the kind of working arrangement, which is apparently akin to like eighteenth century serf peasantry, like where the the <laughs> landlord owns the land and the poor farmer people have to buy the right to break themselves in half, work in the land in order to try and make some money. Because somebody else owns the land. That's essentially the arrangement. If you want further reading, yeah. Google Neo Villainy. There's a reasonable paper on it. it, and how it applies to the current fitness industry, which is funny because somebody Jeez. not in the fitness industry looked it up and was like, "How the fuck is this a thing? Like, why <laughs> is this? Allowed? Yeah, why is this allowed?" And then you're like, "Oh wow, yeah, that is how it works." Um, uh, I don't think the opposite side of the coin is much smarter, given that's what we did, and it was not easy either. <laughs> Oh no! I would say don't do what we did. Hundred percent not. Yeah, so I would. I would take if, the hit. If you didn't listen to our podcast where we kind of described our origin story, essentially what we did is having no clients, no gym, and no massive experience in the industry. We opened a gym and started a PT business at the same time. Yeah, we essentially knew nothing and just fucking made it up as we went along. And somehow, somehow, it's potentially worked. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah. yeah, that was definitely, I think the smart one is to get in a gym that has a market for clients, um, as in they're just random people walking around that you can kind of talk to and build rapport with, and then they might consider working with you as a PT. But if you're not in a gym, you interact with nobody. Like, no one is coming around your garage interested in PT. You have to find them yourself. Yeah. One place, this is very specific to Edinburgh in Scotland, but if you are interested and you like Grafton Hard, drop Dean at Elysium a line. He's always looking for new PTs and he's actually pretty good at like paying you to do it, not just being like, you can pay me to maybe work here. They actually have like what seems like a, a better program for getting people in and working and continued education and stuff nice big old dino yeah. the um and yeah he's he's a nice guy yeah he's a nice dude but should have his last haircut <laughs> he's hanging on to that peak he's hanging oh, on me oh yes the um but yeah the yeah if you enjoy working with people i mean number one Another reason I think both of us enjoy being a PT is that we don't typically enjoy classic management structures. Let's say that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but very specifically me. I I think, I think you more than me, but yes, I, we both I both agree with that. I will if I find if I have a manager that is what I would call sound. I will literally move the earth. But yep. it takes a very specific kind of person for me to be convinced that they're not just a micromanaging dickhead who I don't like. Yep. But 
yeah, so essentially I get on a lot better without anyone managing me, which is actually going to be one of our first, or at least my one of my top three PT tips for new PTs and specifically, which is um, you have to define and upkeep your own standards, whatever those might be, because no one else will. Like if you work in a gym, you have to work to the rules and regs and other stuff. Like they'll give you like a you have to probably they're going to give you like a you have to dress this way like this is how you do stuff because you work for us but if you are just in a gym working from your own personal training company and you're just paying to use the gym to like train your clients you have to maintain your own standards like no one's going to be on your case for like what to wear how to dress how to talk to people like how to communicate with people like anything like that like nobody's going to give you anything you have to maintain it yourselves yep um and i think slightly on the back of that is especially if you're looking to like actually grow um a be aware that i'm pretty sure the burnout for the average pt lasts like six to eight months i think and i'm not saying that's scary anyone more just like prepare yourself for like you need to do something in the first year to make sure that's not you and my point on that is like the business side is huge so you can be the best coach in the world but if no one knows about you you're done in six months because you've got no one paying you and at the end of the day that's what you so have a plan an idea of how you're gonna market yourself and get people to know about you and on that side one really good podcast for that is the business for unicorns podcast they have like so many ideas every week that's great yeah too agree the um i was just trying to do a quick cheeky muted google to see if i could find what the average like pt career length is but i couldn't find one in in time again that's me like complete like uh, it's quite short from, yeah it... it'll have changed but i remember when i qualified the yeah the turnover was really high especially because i don't know what it's like now but the qualification isn't super expensive or well I didn't find it super difficult. I was really involved with personal, like with physical activity and physical training, like ahead of time. So I didn't find any, none of the material was brand new. Like if you are like an accountant and you want to transition to being a PT, number one, I mean, fair, but to the, the material will be a big difference. There's like minimal crossover outside of programming uh, to what you currently do. So a lot of it might be something you need to like really, really knuckle down and learn. Um, but yeah, I obviously chucked this podcast topic in because I did, I literally did a, a presentation at the gym group for yeah. new, new to newer PTs that was our greatest hits and hot takes. Um, top three new tips i mean my my biggest my biggest tip always for new pts is don't sleep with your clients uh, specifically because nobody will oh, stop yeah. you nobody will stop you doing it in most settings um and 
But also in most settings, the PT world is very small for your local area, and you'll get a pretty bad rep. Oh yeah, also, they get all the gossip. Like, the gossip, the grapevine moves rapid in PT. Like, if you, like, people will talk, and people will find out. So... Well, like, you have, like, as an example of PT, like, say a client moves on, another PT has an error with them. You gotta, you gotta talk about summon. Yeah, like you'll you'll the the your reputation is kind of what you live and die by, especially, um, in a group of your peers. If you're like, well, I don't need any fucking peers, mate. Like, I am the best there's ever gonna be. No, you're not. Uh, and like the the rising tide lifts all ships. So yeah. if you are much more communal and kind of actively engaging with other professionals in your area you'll number one i mean this is my second top tip is is build a referral network like you cannot be a coach a physio a registered dietitian and a sports psychologist like all of those qualifications together would take you the length of a career to get and then you're just at the end then you're like 50 years old and you're like i can start yeah you're like no but yeah, building a referral network of people because stuff's going to come in that's outside your wheelhouse. Number one, you should know it's outside your wheelhouse. And then if you have a referral network, refer them to put someone whose wheelhouse it is. Like someone comes in with uh, looking to get in shape, but they have fucking Crohn's disease. Are you in any shape or form? able to manage stuff on the nutritional side of things for someone with Crohn's. They might have an elostomy bag or a colostomy bag. Do you even know the difference? I bet you fucking don't. Like, <laughs> so having someone who is a registered dietitian and is like vetted by law, not a nutritionist, because uh, that's not a real thing, uh, to help manage someone with a very serious condition, but one that should also have the ability to ex like to have access to decent professional physical exercise help and nutritional guidance with their condition in mind like if you can provide that kind of value because you were just smart enough to dm a registered dietitian get to know them maybe buy them a coffee like that's so cheap <laughs> for what yeah. the value you provide to somebody like because guarantee that person has probably come in being like assuming they're at fault because they have a problem which they aren't like it's not their fault they have this condition it's not like it shouldn't be any extra difficulty when you have this kind of professional referral network but they're going to feel like it is like they feel like they're a complication that's a problem But if you build a for, if you build a proper referral network and learn how to use it, you can look like the big cheese with all the connections and also provide optimal value to your clients. Like it's just so good, especially with like physios. You get people, they get injured. It's just going to happen. You can put them to your own physio. You get included in the treatment plan. You can make sure they do the physio, which is the biggest problem with physio, is nobody does it. Yeah. And then they can get I back think, on the wagon real quick. I think that's the best one that when we that we've recently been doing is a lot of our clients have enjoyed the like 
our involvement in their rehab program with their physio because then it's also half the time is it's just integrated into their normal training sessions so you, you don't have to do any more training like it's not like you've got oh well I've now I've got my three training sessions and now I have to do my physio that's all just in one um, everyone's on the same board with what you can and can't do and it means that you don't have to remember what the physio told you you had and what exercises to do Aye. that's just passed on to us when you, inevi- when you inevitably lose the bit of paper they had the pictures on and you're like ah fuck like what do I do again ah never mind I'll just I'll, it'll, it'll just get better I just won't do I just won't do shoulders and it'll heal you're like mm, not quite how that works but yeah um, sports psychologists therapists like all have great referral options like we mentioned in an earlier podcast about food. Some people have disordered eating behaviors. Some people have full-blown diagnosed eating disorders. Like helping manage those things is likely outside of your wheelhouse, especially when you first start. Like things that you say have a very big impact to people who have those kinds of past experiences with things. So thinking about your word choice is super important. Um. You can also get people who have managed conditions, ADHD, like ADHD, OCD, like any kind of stuff. But they aren't, it shouldn't be proclivative from them having a successful exercise experience or exercise training program with a personal trainer. And if you have the referral network to kind of bolster yourself for all the potential things that might come out you yeah like those clients are gonna rate you so much um sorry go no i was just saying yeah all those things just add like massive value to what you offer rather than just like your standard pt i'm gonna cheat and look at my presentation because i forgot what one of my other tips was (laughs) don't worry i've already got it open oh nice um (laughs) um I suppose always, always, uh, always seeking knowledge, like always be learning, is yeah. is a really good one. Um, I'm your, your last one there is good as well. Yeah, I'm not super convinced about. So I was never super convinced about reps, the registry of exercise professionals, mainly because it seemed like a racket. Like I'm half Italian, I know a racket when I see one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I think that's the like the reps is like, and this goes back to the way that pure gym like absolutely rinses pds as an example in like the way they work because we don't have a union as it were to be like nah that's bullshit we can't do that but um reps is like the issue i have with that is like the best example i have is the british powerlifting did a coaches powerlifting course like and it was aimed at essentially getting coaches better at coaching powerlifting and the course was like what was it like 80 quid to a 150 quid when it first came out. It's not like that. It was a joke how cheap it was. And then it became a, a reps affiliated course and it's 350 quid. I'm like, why? Yeah, absolutely. No added value aside from getting you reps points. And, and again, yeah. for, the, for those who might not be aware, reps is almost like one of those trusted trader websites, but for PTs. But number one, I've never met a client who's checked reps. I'm, I've been PTing no. since 2011. I've never had someone be like, Oh, like, I found you on Google, but you're not on the registry of exercise professionals. Never had that. I've also never met a PT who's on it. 
Uh, true. They, I know a few. Um, but it's, again, a register that you pay to be on and you have to continually get qualifications to stay on and all of the qualifications you can get that keep you on there are run by them. So you're, you're... In theory, I like the idea is that you have to do like continue education to stay on it. Yep. It's just the fact that it's the their education <laughs> and the price and triples. The, and the price triples when you do it. Like Yeah. It's like you have to I mean the the vetting makes sense. Like we have to decide yeah. if the course is like absolute chip shop or like worth continued education points to stay on this profession thing, but it very much becomes into paying them twice for absolutely nothing, essentially. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. Uh, it seems, yeah, it seems sus. Like, no thanks. Yeah. Like, maybe I'm just missing out on an enormous market of people who are like, well, these guys look great, but they're not on the fucking reps, so I ain't going to that gym. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I'm the dumb one. Which Maybe, but... Uh, what did you say? The last point on the on the presentation? Uh, don't be afraid to fire your clients. Oh, yeah. Or refer them, but fire them. Yeah, referral first, I think that's more important, is that you have to humble yourself a bit, recognize when something might be outside of your wheelhouse. I mean, really easy one is if you already have a referral network, just ask the person you might be referring to if this is something they think you could manage or they think needs referred, because they're going to know better than you. Like, if I'm dealing with someone with... I don't know, managed, like, medically managed clinical depression. If, no, I mean, first of all, exercise is great for people with depression or, like, clinical or otherwise, or depressive-like symptoms. So it's obvious we want to keep them exercising. Like, if they are opting in to exercise, that's great. We don't want to not have them exercise. But I can quite comfortably hit up the sports psych and be like, yo, is this outside of my wheelhouse to manage? Should this be referred to somebody else? And they'll either be like, yay or nay, for these reasons. And I'm like, cool, yeah. that makes me feel a lot better about it. Um, yeah, and I'd say almost like even simpler is personal training is a hint personal. So it's very easy for you to just not get along with one of your clients. Like, oh, yeah, that too. That's absolutely fine. So if you have a couple of other PTs that you like um, or get on with that, you, their personalities are slightly different then it, you can refer potential business to them and they'll be like and it might be a better fit great and the added bonus of that is they'll very likely do it the same way in reverse and they'll just send you people and you do no work yeah it's a win. 100% like it it, it it very much pays to be helpful and yeah having having people where you're like like, oh, this person's chat is just, like, not my vibe. Like, we yeah. just don't gel. Which isn't, like, it does happen. Like, you, you can be the most personable person ever, but, like, some people won't like you, and that's fine. <laughs> like... Or not even, like, dislike you. Just, like, as I said before, you've got to spend an hour with them at least once a week. Yeah. So like that's quite a lot of that's more than like probably a lot of us spend with our friends or like not even an hour sometimes you're like with someone like two three hours a week 
Mm -hmm. Depending on how much PT they're paying for, yeah. Yeah, and it's one on one as well, so it's quite intense. It's not like you're in a big group. Um, so yeah, it's not a bad thing to not get on with someone, not want to work with them, but then you do the best for them by referring them somewhere else. Mm -hmm. The um, yeah, that's a that's a big one. Um, I mean that's top three tips. Um, set your own standards for professionalism because nobody else will. Uh, build a referral network to not only add value to your clients but also help bolster your day-to-day -day kind of knowledge and like help you get a better understanding of what you can and can't realistically manage in a professional setting and don't be afraid to refer or fire your clients because getting them in the place where they have the highest chance of success is part of your job. Exactly. And they still might refer you to their friends. Yeah. Because you're super sound. Yeah, they might be like, oh, this guy's a prick, but actually, Ken Watt, so is my mate fucking Josh. Like, he's he's a knob end as well. These <laughs> yeah. guys would get on, like, a fucking house on fire. They both annoy me exactly the same way. Like, yeah. if so-and-so is <laughs> looking for a PT, get down to this guy. You'll have the best fucking time, and I won't like it. Like... <laughs> That would 100% be a thing, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, cool, and that's us for this episode. I think we covered pretty much everything. I will, oh, we yeah. will catch you guys on the back end.